issue of how to protect both individual privacy and national security goes well beyond the borders of the United States. Lawmakers in Europe are also taking new measures to broaden government access to big data. Reporter Jennifer Strong takes a look at what's been done overseas and here in the U.S. and what may lie ahead. To appreciate where we are right now, you've got to go back a few years to 2013. That's when Oregon Senator Ron Wyden asked the director of national intelligence, James Clapper, this question on national television. Does the NSA collect any type of data at all on millions or hundreds of millions of Americans? No, sir. It does not. Not wittingly. You see, that statement wasn't true, and an intelligence worker decided to tell the world by leaking secret documents he stole from the U.S. government. Years later, Edward Snowden remains one of the most controversial names in Washington. Kevin Bankston directs the Open Technology Institute at New America, a public policy think tank. There is no question whether you believe him a hero or a traitor or you think that's a stupid question, which is my opinion. The release of those documents prompted a substantial policy debate about security and liberty and privacy that we were not having previously. Zach Goldman says there's another aspect to it. He directs the Center on Law and Security at NYU. He's also a former special assistant to the Joint Chiefs of Staff at the Department of Defense. He says the leak that got the most attention was already out in the public record. In 2006, an Associated Press article described the telephone metadata program. And information about what's now known as the Section 702 surveillance program was first leaked in 2005. Goldman says it means something different to us now. The iPhone hadn't come about yet. Uh, It wasn't released until 2007. But today, many of us carry incredibly powerful mini computers in our pockets that have the potential at least to record everything that we do at every moment of the day. So I think that leads to a certain degree of sensitivity to these issues that didn't exist in the past. The Snowden leaks led a court to strike down part of the Patriot Act and with it that NSA phone program. The USA Freedom Act replaced it, and while the merits of that law remain hotly debated on Capitol Hill, recent terror attacks are adding urgency to the call from law enforcement for help accessing data. Here's former FBI Assistant Director Chris Swecker speaking to CNBC. The FBI and other agencies are tasked with preventing the next terrorist attack, finding that unicorn, if you will, and preventing it from happening. So they need all the tools they can get. Also up for debate, what role should businesses play? Companies possess all kinds of data useful to prosecutors, like text messages, photos, and call history, and yet... If the devices are encrypted in such a way that neither the companies nor law enforcement agencies can get access to it. Some of the most valuable evidence against some of the most heinous criminals will be unable to be used in their prosecution. Chris Wecker says he feels encryption technology goes too far when it thwarts law enforcement. There should be no safe havens for bad guys, for terrorists, for kidnappers, for organized crime. But tech companies argue weak encryption puts everyone at risk. That's why Apple is fighting the government in court. Zach Goldman. There are a series of court fights going on right now that will ultimately determine the extent to which companies like Apple will be forced to assist law enforcement agencies or even to build their products in such a way that law enforcement agencies will be able to access the information 
when the companies are served with lawful legal process like a search warrant. Since the 90s, Congress has required phone companies build their systems in a way that's helpful to investigators. Tech companies do the opposite. Encryption is installed by default into widely used products, including the iPhone. This makes it harder for hackers to take private information. It also makes it harder for governments, and that's no accident. The Snowden leaks revealed that intelligence agencies were hacking Google. I read it in the Washington Post. That's Eric Schmidt on C-SPAN. He's chairman of Google's parent company, Alphabet. The fact that it had been done so directly and documented in the documents that were leaked was really a shock to the company. One of the greatest costs of the NSA's programs has been that loss of trust. Kevin Bankston. We have now seen billions of dollars lost as foreign customers have lost faith in the U.S. companies, are trying to move their data out of U.S. companies. Countries regulate data in different ways. A deal called Safe Harbor allowed international companies like Facebook, Amazon, and Apple to move information back and forth between servers. That is until recently, when a court struck it down, citing those Snowden leaks as proof it violates European privacy rights. Lawmakers put a new measure in place in early February called the Privacy Shield, but it's too soon to say whether the same things that doomed Safe Harbor will eventually kill it too. And while the response to the Snowden leaks here in the U.S. led to more limits on government surveillance powers and a partial rollback of the Patriot Act, Kevin Bankston says the opposite is true in Europe and elsewhere. You see France, after the Charlie Hebdo attacks, passing a massive new surveillance bill that goes much farther than U.S. law. You see the U.K. right now debating and likely to pass a new law that goes far beyond what U.S. law authorizes. Something civil libertarians can be optimistic about is transparency. Both here and abroad, American companies have been gaining more leeway in disclosing information requests from government, pushing the merits of those requests out into the public debate. Still, much remains unresolved. If there's anything certain about this question of privacy versus security, it's that the courts, lawmakers, and executives on both sides of the Atlantic won't have it settled anytime soon. For America Abroad, I'm Jennifer Strong.